Chapter 14 of Short Stories for Colored People, Both Old and Young, by Silas X. Floyd. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Directions for Little Ladies 1. A little lady always says thank you whenever anybody asks her in any way, and always says yes, if you please, whenever she makes any kind of request. 2. A little lady is never loud and boisterous on the streets, in public places, or at home. Sometimes girls are so rough that they are called tomboys. No tomboy ever was a true little lady. 3. A true little lady will always see that her linen is clean and spotless. Collars and cuffs, aprons and dresses, handkerchiefs, and all articles of clothing. Every true little lady hates dirt. 4. A little lady will not be guilty of idle gossip. She will not tattle, will not go around hunting all the evil things that are said or known about other little ladies. She closes her ears tight against the slanderers of the town. 5. A little lady will love the Sunday school and the church. She will love the society of good people and the society of good books. She will have higher notions of life than that life is something to be spent in a merry round of pleasure. 6. A true little lady loves her mother, and she will show that she loves her mother in various ways. She will help her about the housework. She will be fond of going out in company with her mother often. She will not think that anybody else's mother is or can be better than her own mother. 7. Every true little lady will be a Christian. She will early give herself to Jesus. She will delight to help the poor, to visit the sick, carrying the cheer and comfort and something good to eat and flowers and many other things. She will love everybody. Do you? Three words to young people. The first word is, be true. The second word is, be trustworthy. The third word is, dare to do right. First, be true. Be what you seem to be or what you pretend to be. Do not be a hypocrite. Be firm and steady in adhering to friends, promises, or principles. Be a true boy. Be a true girl. Secondly, be trustworthy. Be worthy of trust. Be reliable. Make your word your bond. Conduct yourself in such a way that people can depend on you. Thirdly, dare to do right. Whatever comes or doesn't come, stand by what you believe to be right, even if you have to stand alone. Be honest, upright, faithful, sincere, abhor that which is evil, cleave to that which is good. True boys and girls are scarce. They are not easily found. They do not grow on trees. But, to tell you the truth, we need good boys and girls, true boys and girls, much more than we do educated boys and girls. All education without character is dead weight. Let me give you one or two reasons why you should be true, trustworthy, and brave for the right. In the first place, for the sake of your influence, every boy and girl in this world has some influence. Every boy in this world, white or black, rich or poor, high or low, is helping his friends and playmates to grow better or worse, higher or lower in the scale of being. 
every girl in this world is likewise helping or hindering others if we are harsh and unkind cruel and unjust in every wrong every baseness meanness selfishness we are harming not ourselves alone but the whole great family of man on the other hand when we speak fearlessly a brave true word when we perform cheerfully a hard and trying task whenever we are faithful honest earnest patient pure trustworthy whether we know it or not we are strengthening the unseen impulses which make for nobility and higher manhood and womanhood throughout the world in the economy of god by his infinite wisdom the humblest life reaches forward to the highest and the highest life reaches backward to the lowest but perhaps you are saying that i am taking too much for granted perhaps you think that it is not true that there is not one of the very least of the great human family who is not every day exercising some personal influence for good or evil upon the world if you think so boys and girls or older people you are mistaken no human can escape from the world's atmosphere though you fly to the uttermost parts of the sea or hide in the depths of the dense city some life is affected by your life not only is some life affected by your life but many lives are affected by your life it is a thought of this kind that charles dickens beautifully expresses in his story called david copperfield he says there is nothing no nothing beautiful and good that dies and is forgotten an infant a prattling child dying in his cradle will live again in the better thoughts of those who loved it and plays its part through its body to be burned to ashes or drowned in the deepest sea there is not an angel added to the hosts of heaven but does its blessed work on earth in those who loved it here dead oh if the good deeds of human creatures could be traced to their source how beautiful would even death appear for how much charity mercy and purified affection would be seen to have their growth in dusty graves no children it is no idle dream no fancy story that i tell when i say that the humblest member of the human family as well as the highest is exercising daily whether he is conscious of it or not some influence for good or evil upon the world viewed in this light who can measure the possibilities the divine possibilities that are wrapped up in little boys and girls viewed in this light how the slightest action the smallest of our little duties takes on new importance it was with this thought in mind that james a garfield said i feel a profounder reverence for a boy than a man i never meet a ragged boy on the street without feeling that i owe him a salute for i know not what possibilities may be buttoned up under his shabby coat yes boys and girls by every brave and cheerful effort that we put forth we are reforming uplifting renewing inspiring hearts and souls we never heard of never knew the whole world becoming stronger for every bit of moral courage we create sweeter for every kindly look we give and holier for every good deed we do and of course the contrary is true when we fail when we come short when we sin the consequences are not ours alone they extend to all humanity we are all white and black rich and poor old and young 
male and female, children of one family. Just as the quivering circles from a pebble thrown into a lake stretch on and on from shore to shore, so the silent impulse of a single breath thrills from heart to heart, until the very edges of humanity are touched. There is another reason still why we should be true, trustworthy, brave. That reason is that somebody else takes us as his ideal, his standard. Poor as we are, weak as we are, as unworthy as we are, somebody else is looking upon us, especially those of us who have been favored with educational advantages and opportunities. And if you know that failure of one who is invested in another's mind with ideal qualities is a failure beyond the actual, that is one reason why people say that, as a rule, a preacher's children are the worst children in the world. As a matter of fact, they are not the worst children in the world. But, being the children of preachers, everybody expects more of them than of others. They are taken as ideals, as standards, that's all. And what might be excused in others will not be excused in one who is taken as an ideal. Nathaniel Hawthorne, one of America's greatest writers, in speaking of this truth, says in his story called The Marble Fawn, the character of an individual beloved one having invested itself with all the attributes of right, that one friend being to us the symbol and representative of whatever is good and true. When he falls, the effect is almost as if the sky fell with him, bringing down in chaotic ruin the columns that upheld our faith. We struggle forth again, no doubt bruised and bewildered. We stare wildly about us and discover, or it may be we never make the discovery, that it was not actually the sky that had tumbled down, but merely a frail structure of our own rearing, which never rose higher than the housetops, and has fallen because we founded it on nothing. But the crash and the affright and trouble are as overwhelming, for the time, as if the catastrophe involved the whole moral world. Remembering these things, let them suggest one generous motive for walking heedfully amid the defilement of earthly ways. Let us reflect that the highest path is pointed out by the pure ideal of those who look up to us, and who, if we tread less loftily, may never look so high again. Now I have said my three words. You see they have stretched themselves out to a great length, but I hope the boys and girls who read this book may profit by them. Strive to be true, strive to be trustworthy, strive to be brave. In the long run the prizes of this world, and of that which is to come, are won by boys and girls of strong moral character, not by those who are merely learned or rich. But, of course, I believe in education, and I believe in money. I think you ought to strive to attain both. Both are useful, and both are necessary. But with all your getting, boys and girls, be sure to get those things which will reach beyond this world, and which will count for more than money or good looks or education, or any such thing when the world is on fire, when the moon shall be turned into blood, when the trumpet sounds, and all must go to stand before the great king to give an account of his deeds done in the body. A LAMP UNTO MY FEET once upon a time, so it is said, 
a little ragged boy was carefully printing these words with a stick upon the ground thy word is a lamp unto my feet on looking up from his work the little fellow was surprised to find a kind old man watching him where did you learn that my boy asked the man at sunday school sir what is your name crawford so crawford you learned that text at sunday school do you know what it means no sir what is a lamp a lamp is a thing that gives light that's correct well what is the word that the text speaks of the bible sir that's right now how can the bible be a lamp and give light i don't know said the boy unless you light it and set it on fire there's a better way than that my lad suppose you were going down some lonely lane on a dark night with an unlighted lantern in your hand and a box of matches in your pocket what would you do why i'd light the lantern why would you light it to show me the road sir very well now suppose you were walking behind me some day and saw me drop a quarter what would you do pick it up and give it to you sir wouldn't you want to keep it yourself crawford hesitated but he saw a smile on the old gentleman's face and smiling himself he finally said i should want to sir but i shouldn't do it why not because it would be stealing how do you know it would be taking what wasn't my own and the bible says we are not to steal ah said the old man so it's the bible that makes you honest is it yes sir if you had not heard of the bible you would steal i suppose lots of boys do said crawford hanging his head the bible then continued the old man shows you the right and safe path a path of honesty does it like the lamp exclaimed crawford seeing now what all the old man's questions meant is that what the text means yes my boy the man answered there is always light in the bible to show us where to go and what to do don't you think it would be a pretty good thing to take the bible the good old lamp and let it light you right through life yes sir do you think you will be safer with it yes sir why because if i'm honest i will never go to prison and what else asked the man crawford thought a while by and by he said if i mind the bible i shall go to heaven when i die yes and that's the best reason for taking the lamp it will light you right into heaven three brigades there are three brigades or three little companies which i think ought to be organized among the boys and girls in every sunday school in america can't you form them in your sunday school it is a very simple matter it will not cost any money only a little time and forethought and a will to do one brigade is called the rainy weather brigade and all the little boys and girls who join this company pledge themselves to go to sunday school every sunday when they are not sick even if it's raining the second brigade is called the front seat brigade and all the members of this company pledge themselves to occupy front seats in the sunday school during the opening exercises before they pass to their classes the third brigade is called the on timers brigade and the children of this brigade pledge themselves to be on time at the opening hour 
you can see at once how helpful these little brigades are in every sunday school where they exist to the officers and teachers some children will not go to sunday school when it is raining or when it threatens to rain some will not go forward and occupy front seats when they do go and there are others who are always tardy what a blessing it would be if all the little children would organize these brigades at once in their schools and try to get every scholar to join each one of them home sweet home go with me boys and girls to the gay streets and gilded saloons of the great city of paris far across the sea here is said to be the center of all the world's follies and pleasures it is at night an american who has left his home and native land to view the splendors of the wicked city is passing along the street he has beheld with delight its paintings his sculpture and the grand and graceful proportions of its buildings in the midst of his keenest happiness when he was rejoicing over the most privileges which he possessed temptation assailed him sin was presented to him in one of its most bewitching garbs and he yielded to the voice of the siren he drank wildly and deeply of the intoxicating cup and his draught brought madness reason was overthrown and he rushed out all his scruples overcome careless of what he did or how deeply he became immersed in the hitherto unknown sea of guilt the cool night air settled damp and heavy upon his heated brow walking on and on not knowing or caring where he went by and by strains of music from a distance met his ear pretty soon following in the direction from which the sounds came he was able to distinguish the words and air of the piece the song was well remembered it was home sweet home clear and sweet the voice of some singer using his native tongue rose and fell on the air and the poor wild man stopped and listened to the soft cadences of that lovely melody motionless he stood until the last note floated away and he could hear nothing but the ceaseless murmur of the great city then he turned away slowly with no feeling that his manhood was shamed by the tear which fell as a bright evidence of the power of song and also as an evidence that he the guilty sinner was not yet absolutely lost beyond recall the demon of the wine cup had fled and reason once more asserted her right to control as the soft strains of home sweet home had floated to his ear memory brought up before him the picture of his own sweet home he saw his gentle mother and heard her speak while on his pride beamed from her eye she seemed to speak again of her son in whose nobleness and honor she could always trust his heart smote him as he thought how little he deserved such confidence he remembered her last words of love and counsel and the tearful farewell of all those dear ones who gladdened that faraway home with their presence the tide of remorse swept over his soul as he thought of what the sorrow of those at home would have been could they have seen him but an hour before subdued and penitent he retraced his steps and with his vow never to taste the terrible stuff that could so excite him to madness there was mingled a deep sense of thankfulness for his escape from further degradation the influence of home had protected and shielded him although the sea rolled between how strong such memories are to prevent the commission of crime 
how powerful is the spell of home how important then is it to make home pleasant and lovable many a time a cheerful home and smiling face will do more to make good men and good women than all the learning and eloquence that can be used it has been said that the sweetest words in our language are mother home and heaven and one might almost say that the word home included the others who can think of home without remembering the gentle mother who sanctified it by her presence and is not home the dearest name for heaven oh then may our homes on earth be as green spots in the desert to which we can retire when weary of the cares of life and drink the clear waters of a love which we know to be sincere and always unfailing mid pleasures and palaces though far we may roam be it ever so humble there is no place like home each one of us of importance never think yourself whoever you are of small importance never think that it is of little account whether you are good or bad or what your example is to others each mere particle of dust every tiny grain of sand the minutest atom is an active agent in the whole universe so each one of us is of importance in our sphere however isolated and insignificant that sphere may appear to be a few particles of dust in a watch will stop its motion small barnacles on a ship's bottom will hinder its journey and a little shifting sand in the great river will change its current so little boys and girls exercise their influence for weal or woe upon the world don't you believe for once that the world is moved only by the great forces the great men and the great enterprises little folks and little things likewise help to move the world along great generals are necessary but what would they be without the soldiers behind them every boy has his part to do in the great work of the world and every girl has her part to do every boy and girl is of importance how important nobody knows and perhaps never shall know until eternity reveals it there ought to be in this truth great encouragement and great comfort to all who think that they are insignificant and have no work to do in this busy world perhaps in the distant future many a man who estimated himself great shall be found to be insignificant because of unfaithfulness to his trust and many another man who perhaps thought himself of little worth will find himself glorified because he did what he could sunrise poetry is more than verse-making more than the jingle of words more than the sing-song of meter sunshine and flowers brightness and joyousness the harmonies of passions and the inspiration of love these are the poetry of life without poetry life is a treadmill a veil of tears a dreary waste even religion is only a crucifixion a death to sin if we have not the resurrection into the new life of joy many of us make hard work of life by bending our backs too much we get dirt in our eyes by keeping them too near the dust and we get narrow-minded and selfish by our narrow radius of vision to become truly rich we must stand in the dignity of our manhood walk in the integrity of our calling and run in the rhythm of a poetic nature out of harmony is out of sphere 
the dignity integrity and poetry of life are all lost by inharmony only the ashes of disappointment are left but with these we can dance at our work and turn irksome duties into joyous privileges instead of moping in the valley of the shadow of death we may live in the sunshine where beautiful flowers and luscious fruits and delicious sweets grow yes yes we might as well live in light as in darkness make life a joyful song as a funeral dirge live amid glory as shame with a radiant countenance a beaming eye and a loving hand we can do more work and have more to do we can get more out of life and have more life to enjoy we can scatter more sunshine and have more left for ourselves christ came to bring to every toiler heaven let us get into it quickly it is here and here only that we find the poetry of life End of chapter 14